Ketzarayim Tov, we continue in the Sefer Shemarim Batafila. We're finishing up the last expression of Etor, and then we're going to share with you the sheet that we composed of the 13 expressions of prayer, which will make Shlomo very happy. Okay, but we're not finished with Etor. There's still this idea of constant... Uh, uh, pleading before Hashem using every form of, of prayer that you have available to yourself so with an abundance of this and to really ask a lot and a lot so the tzaddik gives uh, two important more points before we leave this and he says himself Rav Pincus, that I heard a beautiful gem that I think will give great uh, benefit for people to get used to this and he's combining three fundamental principles. Principle one, the foundation of prayer. Principle two, the foundation of an abundance of prayer. Fundamental three is the foundation of the special nature of Torah. And now let's explain. Starting with the special nature of Torah. The holy books write on the Pasuk that Bidvar Hashem Shamayim Naasu. With the word of Hashem, the heavens were made. And the Zohar says, Hashem looked in the Torah and created the world. And therefore, Hashem looked in the Torah, and when the words say Yehi Or, those letters created the light. And the Pasuk that says, that uh, the Pasuk says, Olam Hashem Dvarcha Nitzav Shamayim. Hashem, your words always stand in the heavens. So the Baal Shem Tov says, what does that mean? That creation comes from the speech of Hashem, as it were. And the word Shomayim, which is the heaven, from that word, from that utterance of Hashem saying Shomayim, the heavens came into being. There's a spiritual energy called Shomayim that Hashem says, as it were, and it keeps the world going. And therefore, when we explained in the Rambam class, Nitzav means something to be staying permanent, holding firm, standing ground. So Hashem's words stand firm and keep the heavens going as it were at every moment. Okay? So when you're seeing the heavens out there, you know there are letters of the Torah, of God's creation that are keeping this heaven in place. So now it must, and, it, and if it would for one minute stop, the heavens would stop to exist. So now we could look at other words and do the same thing. The Torah says, for example, if a person's sick, you're allowed to heal him. Verapo yerape, and healing you shall heal. So the entire concept of medicine, where medicine can heal, comes from those two words that exists. And when it says in the Torah, you shall speak in those words, when you sit in your house, that lies the concept of hasmada, of diligence in learning, comes from that aspect. It's an aspect of creation. And therefore the Mishaburah brings in the laws of tefillah, when a person says the Pasuk, Lev tohor Elokim, Hashem, create 
it created in me a pure heart for ruach nachon chadesh birkibi and renewing a proper spirit inside of me. If you say those words, it's a segula, it's a charm, it's a good piece of advice to have purity of heart. Because why? Because the power of purity of heart and proper spirit lies in that pasuk. That pasuk, a pasuk the Dovah says, is part of creation too. And so says the Shalom HaKadosh. He says he found from writings from Rav Moshe Cordovero. He says, an elderly person taught me that if you have <coughs> foreign thoughts, bad thoughts, and you want to push them away, you should say the following pasuk many times over and over. Eish tamid tukad amizbech lo Torah says, an eternal fl- flame should burn on the Mizbech, should never go out. That's what the was written of Ramosha. Shalom writes, I found in the writings of Ramosha Kurtaviro. And it must be when Ramosha Kurtaviro says an elderly person taught him that it's probably Elio Anavi, but he was too humble to say it. So he's saying, let's say, what he's saying is, if let's say you're thinking of doing an Avera. Or you think something, some stupid thoughts. And want to take the stupid thoughts out of your mind. Say this Pasuk, Eish Tukad, Eish Tamid, an eternal fire, Tukad, Al-Mizbech, should burn on the Mizbech, Lo Tirbech, should never go out. Say it many, many times. Because this Pasuk, or another Pasuk, where it says in Tehillim, Sifim Sonesi, I hate bad thoughts, I love your Torah. And say it with a lot of excitement, with a lot of alacrity. And if you keep saying it over and over, it'll help you not to have those thoughts. Now what's this idea of Why does that take away foreign thoughts? Because we know the rabbis say there was a Korban Ola, the burnt offering was brought on the Mizbeach and would atone for sinful thoughts. So there were the Pesach that says that we should always have the fire of the Korbanola burning. That's the idea to keep pure thoughts. So therefore, if a person prays for one thing, it's something you really want, and you focus on that Pesach that relates to the thing that you need, and when you say that Pesach in the form of a request, not only do we have prayer not only do we have repetitive prayer we also have the school of words of the torah which are holy words and therefore you will accomplish the goal that you want as the shalom himself says if you're having all these foreign thoughts so just say this psukim hundreds and hundreds of times just keep doing it over and over. Eish tamid tukad ala mizbeach lo tichbeh. That's it. Eish tamid tukad ala mizbeach lo tichbeh. Just say it over and over. Anytime. You're, you're coming to, for, to shul for five minutes. You could say that pasuk over 20, 30, 50, 60 times. You'll remember it and after you take a little piece of paper. and, and you, But then eventually you're going to remember it. 
just find that puzzle and keep saying it over and over and over. Okay? And because uh, you're using all three concepts in one shot, it's a triple barrel. And this is like uh, ammunition in your hands. Okay? In any situation you're in, let's say in a spiritually difficult situation, you don't know what to do. So get used to saying a pasuk. Fear, you know, or let's say a pasuk has to do with a, a, a particular suffering that you're in. Okay? Or, you know, to be able to do tshuva. There's various psukim that talk about this. And instead of saying many words of Tehillim, which you really don't understand, take one line of Tehillim. And that one line of Tehillim, keep repeating it over and over and over and over again. Just like when you want to break something that's heavy, you get one big sex hard once after another same spot over and over bang 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 till you finally break it through doesn't break after the first time so you should think about whatever you really need you need a refor shalema verapo yurape that's all verapo yurape or different sukkim that say Hashem you're the only one who can bring healing whatever Whatever you're looking for, parnasah, all the things. We just, just keep saying that line over and over and over and over till it's, it, it, it has to work because you might get yourself involved in it, you're thinking about it, and you can have kavona on those words. You're in trouble. Hashem, I hope for your salvation. You're in a difficult place. There's, there's different things that you can keep saying over and over and over, and it eventually will, will hit the mark. It's a very beautiful idea. Yeah, question? Come on. Okay, so that's one beautiful idea, and that's a practical idea. You know, you can take any one line of the sitter that just talks about whatever thing is on your mind that you really need very badly. Uh, you're looking to get married. You could uh, read a line about Adam uh, and You know, Hashem created the first man, man and a woman. He created them. Whatever, whatever pasuk it speaks to you. That's the pasuk that speaks to you. But that pasuk speaks to you. You need to do tshuva. There's lots of pasuk about tshuva. Those, all of these things can work. And the final point he adds is we know after the sin of the golden calf. Now, after the sin of the golden calf, Hashem says to Moshe straight, I'm going to destroy them. So Moshe does a lot of prank. But let's see what things happened. Let's see how many things resulted from the sin of the golden calf and Moshe's praying for the Jews. First of all, he prays to Hashem, don't destroy the Jews. So the Apostol says, Hashem changed his mind, so to speak, and he will not bring the evil that he said, he will not destroy the Jewish people. But then Moshe didn't stop at that point. He didn't say, okay, but he's not resting until he says, Hashem, I want you to promise that you will lead us in the desert, not an angel. 
show that love that you had to us beforehand. Hashem said, okay, and he, and he still wasn't enough. He said, show me now your kavod. Okay, give me the 13 attributes of, mer- attributes of mercy. He gets it. And he keeps, and the commentaries ask, this doesn't make sense. It comes out, we benefited from the sin of the golden gate. If we wouldn't have sinned, we wouldn't have got the 13 attributes of mercy. It's unbelievable. How could that be? How could it be before we sinned, we weren't even getting the 13 attributes of mercy. Now we sin, not only does it kill us, not only he's going to continue to lead us, but he gives us the 13 attributes of mercy. And the answer is that when a tzara happens and we have to pray, and if our prayers are honest and sincere, it opens up the gates of mercy. Who? Why stop when you got what you want? Keep going. Keep asking. Once the door is open, get everything that you can. So halacha lamaisa. Let's say practical now. Let's say a person's sick and you're diving to Hashem. And guess what? Baruch Hashem. The person was in big danger. It's a big life or death. And you're praying, and Baruch Hashem, he's going to live. Well, don't be satisfied with that. Make Keep dawdling till he's completely healthy. Okay? Just keep at it more and more. To even be healthier than when he was before he was sick. You didn't have Parnassah, and you have to pay a big debt. And you pour your heart before Hashem. Esa, ain't Hashem, and Yavo, where is it going to be? Now, let's say your prayer got answered and you're able to pay the debt. Don't stop there. The doors are open. The gates are open. Say, I want to have a lot of money. More money I should get to do more mitzvahs. And that's the idea of increasing the prayer. You don't say, oh, Baruch Hashem, he got to the surgery. It's okay. That's not enough. Keep praying and say, I want him to be healthier, better than he was before he was sick. Why not? That's something a hazard. You know Hashem wants to give what's good for you? Take advantage of when the gates are open, ask for lots more when the gates are open. So this is the conclusion of his explanation of the 13 aspects of prayer. Now, what he does next for the last... Uh, the same thing, Rabbi, he said, find Hashem when he's frozen, times of Elul, right? Times of what? Times of Elul. Yes. Yeah, but this is more than that. This is, you've already opened the door. The door's already open. And you got something, so take more. So the last quarter of the Sefer, approximately, is is called Pirkei Siyum, Chapters of Conclusion. And as a number of chapters of conclusion, and at the end of the last chapter, really, Mamish, the last, almost the last page of the book, you know what he does? He goes over all 13. So, instead of doing that, we have, this is, we'll just quickly go through it, just leave it on the table like the else wants. We'll quickly go through these, and uh, you can see that there is many um, shifts that can happen. So let's start in the order he went through. This is a quick summary, not meant to replace a thorough review of the Sefer. 
The first expression we says is bitsur. Bitsur we says is a request out of a feeling of distress, like tsar. And a clear understanding of how real the distress is and how it concerns his eternal life. Okay, so what's going on in Eretz Yisrael definitely requires bitsur. This is serious stuff. But then we have a higher level, Sha'ava, which is a hysterical request deep inside him. And then we even go further, Tsa'aka, shouting more deeply with the feeling of the heart that there are no words to express the strength of his request, but shouts inside him like a ram waiting on water channels to God. He's like, Mom is screaming. Now, it could be a silent scream also. Ne'aka, feelings of sorrow. Ay, how much it hurts him. And this pain he tells before Hashem, expressing your pain to Hashem. On the other hand, we, we, we keep saying in the Tehillim, in Kuf Membeis, we say, Hakshev el Rinasi, listen to my Rina. My singing an immense joy. About what? At the fact that he is standing before the merciful father and king who hears prayer and helps in times of need. In other words, you still are joyful over the fact that no matter how terrible it is, Hashem is listening. So there's an aspect of joy. And then Pigiyah is a feeling of stubbornness that doesn't leave and stop so to speak, until they have mercy from Hashem. I'm going to keep praying until I get what I need, which is the will of Hashem. Hashem wants us to insist and to stick to it without leaving. Kriya is calling out a clear understanding of one who stands before the Shekhina and speaks in the presence with the clarity of the heart that he, Hashem, hears him and calls to Hashem as he is the one who created and invented everything in his great mercy, and there's no limit to Hashem's mercy. In other words, I am calling out directly to Hashem who is capable of hearing to what I am saying. Nipo, falling into oblivion, that's like his battles, nullifying yourself. And clearly all his salvation ends here. That's where it comes from. And if the creator does not have mercy, then there's no one else to turn to. There's nobody else. You're falling before Hashem. Then pilo, which with tefillah comes from that, has two interpretations. Either you're feeling totally connected to Hashem, mamish, you're feeling of dvekas, or a, an understanding of the truth and everything that is a, is, a, is a preface to prayer. That Hashem has unlimited control, how we're so dependent on Hashem. And all the foundations that prayer is based on. And he has such a clarity not just a philosophical or just an, an emotion, an ignorance, but the simple MS that everything I'm saying is true and Hashem is the one to do it and this is absolutely truth. Tachanunim is feeling the great truth that he really has no claim to his creator and his free, undeserved request is only because of the majority of Hashem's grace on Hashem's part. What you're getting is a free gift. To realize I don't deserve this. Chilui, pleading with words of reconciliation and great claims. 
do for your name's sake, Hashem, since you are the merciful Father, please have mercy on us. Pleading with Hashem, trying to give reasons why Hashem should, should listen to us. Amida, standing with the feeling of the awe of these moments and the fear that he literally stands right before Hashem and to feel the greatness of the very right to pray before Hashem. As we said, that your mercy, chastacha, is what? Better than life. The fact that I get to talk to you is even, the honor to speak to the king is better than life itself. And this, is, and this right is more important than the request itself. And finally, itor, to repeat the things over and over again until you perceive a tone of abundance, multiplicity, keep saying, heal me Hashem and I will be healed. Heal me, Hashem, and I'll be healed many, many times over and over. These are the 13. This is in a nutshell, the 13. And you can see that prayers can, during the prayer, you can move from one idea to the next because there's different emotional turns of the pendulum that exist. And sometimes you can say, Hashem, I really don't deserve this. Please listen to this. These are all different forms of prayer. So this is what he says at the end of the book, but I figure we'll give it to you right now. Okay, we still have a few minutes, so we go to what the next part of the Sefer on page Kukmem Zion says, Pirkei Siyum, chapters of conclusion. <clears throat> and this is, so to speak, this is Perik Aleph, and Perik Aleph has three sections. So section one of the first parrot. We know from the foundations of prayer, it's not restricted to three times a day, Shachas, Mincha, Marv. But really, it is a foundation for a program of how life should be in general, the essence of life. It's not I pray three times a day, I do everything else every day. No, this is a program of life living every minute. To live your natural life with Hashem, as the Pusik says, Umi Goy Godol, who is such a great nation, Asher Lo Elohim, Kromelov, that has a God close to them, Kashem Elokein, like Hashem our God, Bechol Karenelov, whenever we call out to Him. That is the real shape of a Jew, that he lives constantly with a closeness to Hashem. And that was the allegory at the giving of the Torah. When we got the Torah, it was called a chasana, a wedding. The bond between Hashem and the Jewish people is like the bond between a married man and woman. And marriage is not just any relationship. It's not like, oh, a friend that I call. Marriage is a way you shape your life. It's a joint partnership forever. And that's what we have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu after Sinai. With us every minute. He's married to us. And he can help us with the biggest things, the little things, or just to schmooze with Hashem about any topic. That's what our relationship with Hashem is. So do you tell your wife, I only talk to you three times a day. In the morning, when I get up, I say, good morning, have a wonderful day. The afternoon, maybe we have lunch together. I speak to you for a minute, and then at night, a few minutes. No, at any time of the day, you have to be ready to speak. It's a, it's a full-time relationship. 
That's what it says by Yosef when he was in the house of Potiphar. It says his master saw that Hashem was with him. And Rashi explains that the name of Hashem was always coming off his lips. He's always whispering, saying certain words. When the master said, pour me a drink of hot water, all of a sudden he had hot water. Meet lukewarm water is lukewarm water. Whatever he did, he would always be speaking to Hashem. Hashem, please make the, the wine be good. Please make this be good. He's always living with Hashem. Kip shuto. Ki Hashem ito. Hashem was with him. Like a little child who's going, let's say you, when you're little, you're going to a dark place and, you, and, you're, and you're scared. Your father says, hold on to my hand. You're so afraid, you're clutching on to that hand, not letting it go for a second. And then everything works out. And you succeed because you're always with Hashem. And Hashem is always with you. Gemara and Shabbos, it says that Rav saw Rav was praying for a long time. And he said to him, ah, you're leaving Chaye Olam, you're leaving eternal life and engaged in temporal life. What did that mean? What was he thinking when he said it was Rabbi thinking? He's saying that the time for davening is one type of time and the time for learning is another type of time. And he was afraid people are davening too long. So what does it mean? Why do we call davening prayer Shah temporal life and learning is chayi olam eternal life? Because the Torah is called chayi olam. And prayer is called Hayashah. Tefillah is called life for this world. In other words, if you're looking at what is life in this world at its core, I'm living in this world. What is living in this world according to a Jew mean? Living with Hashem and talking to Hashem on a constant basis. Okay, it's not one time of all the things you're doing, it is the essence of your life in this world. And the closer you are to prayer, the closer you're really living in this world. Living in this world without illusions and fantasies means you're living with Hashem and Hashem is doing everything for you. And therefore, tefillah is chaye shah. It's life in this world. You want to have a good physical life, a good life in this world. Forget about Torah right now. It's always talking to Hashem. Torah is called Chaye Olam. That's eternal life. Because that which you're going to learn, Torah and Olam Abba, is not like in this world, where you live with a regular life and some of the time you spend for learning Torah. The whole essence of Olam Abba is Torah. There's nothing else to do. That is eternal existence. Torah is the ultimate melding with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's incredible mind. And that's what the Nefesh HaChaim says. Torah equals Hashem. And all the essence of the world to come is based on how much Torah a person learns in this world. And that's how much Olam Haba he is going to have. So he's saying, don't pray too much. 
In Olam Haba, it's all about Hashem and His mind and the Torah. And in that same way that Torah is the essence of Olam Haba, Tefillah, prayer, is the essence of Olam Haba. That the person, the closer he is to prayer all the time, he's living a true life in this world of closeness to Hashem. Okay, now of course, you gotta spend more time learning here. Because that learning is gonna create your eternal existence. But when you're not learning, then you should be praying. Okay, now let's, we just finish this little point. And if we reflect to see what is Hashem for a Jew, we call him what? The Malamei Torah of Israel, the one who teaches Torah to the Jews. We call him Avinu Malkeinu, our father, our king. In Shir Hashirim, we say, who's going to give me like a brother that I have? Or we say, Hashem, it gave us a crown like a mother. This is my daughter, this is my beloved, this is my friend. Hashem is our rabbi, he's our father, he's our mother, he's our brother. He's our beloved. He's a friend. He's all kinds of things. And this becomes a, just a simple realization of life. And it all comes through prayer. And that's why it's called tefillah. We said tefillah is also an expression of, we said, connection. Tveikos. That through prayer we connect with his creator in every aspect of his life in this world. And that's what David Miller said. Vani tefillah, I am prayer. My whole essence is prayer. I'm, I'm a shtick prayer. And you get that through getting used to doing it by practice, time after time. Get used to Hashem being close to you. And that's why it says by Nehemiah, when the king, the Goyish king, said, What's, what, what is it that you want, Nehemiah? So it says, Nehemiah says, and I prayed to Hashem, and I said, now, to the king, if the king will find favor, let me be able to go back to Eretz Yisrael. So what does it mean? The king asked him a question. First it says, and I prayed to, I spoke to Hashem. What do you speak to Hashem? You're supposed to speak to the king. So what's going on? Let's say you're talking to a friend. And while you're talking, you think to yourself, you know, maybe I should change what I'm saying. You're talking. And while you're talking, you're thinking, you know, maybe I'm going to try a different angle. It's like you're talking to yourself while you're talking to the guy, right? You can do that. He doesn't know anything's wrong. So he's saying the same thing over here. That when you're talking to the people, you can be talking to Hashem at the same time. You're thinking, I'm talking to you, but what's this? Maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe Hashem's not going to wake up speaking to me. So this becomes the first section of the first parak over here. Understanding a life of continuous talking to Hashem. Yeah, what was your question? Uh, in the other class, uh, about prayer, you said that prayer has to be this proper time and learning is... So can you leave the both prayer the... and go and do learning? Can you what do you mean leave prayers? When you're finished praying, but not to learn while you're praying. So my question when is... You're, when the, the chas is repeating the Shvon Esra, you're not supposed to be learning then. Okay. 